This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. Welcome to Answers for Elders. I'm Chuck Olmstead down here at Patriots Landing in DuPont and uh, our weekly veterans interview. And uh, with me today is Elizabeth Osborne, and uh, she's a resident here at Patriots Landing and um, served uh, at the U.S. Navy as a first-class E-6 yeoman. And Elizabeth, uh, welcome to Answers for Elders. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we like to hear the stories of of our veterans, those that have served. And uh, I always like to have stories with a beginning. So uh, where where did you come from? Where were you born? Well, I was born in New York, but I was raised all over the United States. My father uh, was an immigrant from Germany, and he had the wanderlust. So I was in 14 schools in 12 years. Wow. What what states do you recall? New York, New Jersey, North Carolina, Florida, California, back to North Carolina, back to New York. We were just all over the place. Yeah. And what did your father do? My father was a cabinet maker from Germany, and he was a, a real craftsman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he would go to various jobs and move the whole family? Move the whole family, and he figured as long as we kept us in school, it wasn't hurting us. But after the third grade, it's not fun to be the new kid in the class. Right, right. So, But you got to see a whole bunch bunch of the country. I was pretty good at U.S. geography. I bet you were. I bet you were. So where where did you finally land then as a senior in high school? As a senior in high school, I landed in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh huh. And uh, I graduated when I was 17. And I wanted to go back to New York, but my folks said, no, you couldn't do that. And my father said college was for boys. Girls would got, Some man was going to come along and marry me, take care of me the rest of my life. So joining the Navy was my only way out of North Carolina, but I loved every minute of being in the Navy. So what year was that? That was 1958. 58. So Korean War was over, mm-hmm. and Vietnam hadn't, hadn't, started. hadn't started yet. So what did your dad think about you joining the Navy? Well, he was more concerned about the supervision, and he figured that in the Navy I'd be supervised. <laughs> And I didn't bother to tell them that as long as I stood my duty and was at my desk at 8 o'clock in the morning, they didn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I had good duty, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> where did you uh, do your your uh, original training? Do you have your, the same kind of training as the men did at those days? Well, except the shipboard stuff. In those days, women didn't go to sea unless they were on a hospital ship. And so, but... We um, had to learn all the the rates and the ranks and, you know, and the different ship designations and all of that. And we marched and did the gas mask thing and dumped in a tank and mm-hmm. all of that. And that happened in Bainbridge, uh, Maryland. And it was for like nine weeks. And uh, when I got out, I was sent to San Diego to class A school. So that was a school for um, if, you want, if you were striking for a particular rate, and I was striking for yeoman, and so I went to this Class A school. So forgive me, what is a yeoman? A yeoman basically is a clerical worker. Uh-huh. And so I worked in personnel a good deal of the time. I worked in legal. And then uh, when I was in E5, I got sent to London, 
and there I was assigned to the comptroller's office. But because there was only three or four of us on the staff of a couple of hundred that could take shorthand, I was quite often with some other senior officer's office taking shorthand. <laughs> uh-huh. And, yeah. um, but it was good duty. I, um, it was interesting because we couldn't, wear civilian, we couldn't wear our uniforms because of the Cold War and sailors being attacked out on the streets. So we did not wear our uniforms. And if we stood the duty um, and had to either go home at midnight or come in at midnight, the Marines had to pick us up and take us home. To, just for safety reasons. So this was uh, probably 1960, 1960 1961. 60s, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was that dangerous as a military person in Correct. London at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So what what were they afraid would happen? It would that you'd be abducted or that we'd be harassed and injured in some way because evidently several sailors had been attacked and. Um, you know, landed up in the infirmary and all that sort of stuff. So especially there was a, probably a large contingent of women, service women there, and our safety was mm-hmm. probably a little bit more concerning. So, so what was the Navy doing in London in the 60s? Was uh, I mean, were, well, were, were, I were there ships? Well, I worked for what we called, we lovingly called it Sink Us Never, but it was Commander-in-Chief U.S. Naval Forces Europe. I see. So I was on that staff, basically for the comptroller, but was often in the admiral's office as a relief yeoman or taking shorthand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, of course, those were the days before computers of any kind. Oh, right. So, so you, you know, everything was shorthand, and then, of course, then and you then had to type it out. And copies in a rainbow, and yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Those are things that most young people don't even know what that is, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> shorthand is uh, not even... I don't even know if that's taught anymore. I People don't know think shorthand. So. <laughs> Were you good at that? I could do about 200 words a minute. Wow. And what was your typing at that I, time? My typing was somewhere in the 80s. Wow. So you were pretty good. I was pretty good. Yeah. In fact, uh, I don't really want to brag, but um, by the time I hit E5, uh, I was excelling at a rate that my commanding officer recommended me for pro pay. And so I took the test, and so I got proficiency pay, which meant I was paid for one rank higher than what I could wear on my sleeve. Interesting, yeah. And so I did that, yeah, E5, E6. Uh-huh. So how many years in London? Two and a half. I fell in love with a sailor. Uh-huh. And in those days, um, you got out, because then I got pregnant right away, and um, that was the rule. You got out. My daughter just retired from the army, and she had all three of her kids on active duty. Isn't that amazing? The mm-hmm. the changes that occurred yeah. in those that many uh-huh. years. Yeah. Yeah. So total of five and a half years. Mm-hmm. And your husband was? Did he stay in the navy then? Yeah, he um, was discharged after twenty four and six, and uh, he had been injured in Vietnam, and he had been exposed to Agent Orange, which of course we didn't know at the time. And uh, he was dead within a year of retirement from pancreatic cancer, which they didn't catch on his retirement physical. Mm. So, what I year stayed, was that? That was 19, let's see, Britt was born in 1970, 1968. 1968 is when he died. Interesting. So, 1978. I mean, I'm oh, sorry. 1978. Okay, yeah. So, that was a few years after yeah. Vietnam, but yeah. not too long after he retired. Right. And how many years was he in Vietnam? 
Uh, he was over there for two years, mm -hmm. and then he was on a ship. We, we, we were transferred to Japan, and so the kids and I lived on the base, and he was at sea most of the time. I think I saw him 57 days a year, and that wasn't all at once, of course. It was yeah. 10 days here, 10 days there. So for you, you've had the experience of not only being in the military, but also being the spouse of someone who's in yes. the military. So you experienced both sides of it, didn't both you? Both sides of it, uh-huh. Yeah. And um, uh, the previous interviews that I've done, we, we were talking about, we've spoken about the, the technology changes as far as being able to communicate with family. And we're talking about most young people don't even realize that in those days, <clears throat> most of it was letters. You, I mean, you might record a cassette tape and send it to them for Christmas, but you, phone calls uh, were pretty limited. I mean, even in London, probably mm -hmm. in the 60s, it was so expensive. Yeah, you didn't call. You wrote letters, and you learned to number them because, especially when he was at sea, you'd get a group of letters. Uh-huh. And so they were numbered, so you knew which one to open first. Interesting. And the same when I would write him. He'd get them in a bunch, and so they were all numbered. Yeah, yeah. So you might not hear his voice for months at a time. Correct. Yeah. So different than it is now, because with text and Skype and phone calls, uh, people can have almost instantaneous communication mm -hmm. at times. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Which is a good thing, yes. Yeah. So... Uh, after, uh, your husband, uh, passed, uh, in 78, then, uh, have you been, uh, still connected with the military in some way? You said your daughter was. Yeah. My daughter, uh, she went, uh, she got an ROTC scholarship to WSU and it was an army scholarship. So, um, I won't hold that against her, <laughs> but, uh, I stayed single for 11 years uh -huh. and then I met a man we dated for eight years because we were both raising teenagers and weren't going to mix that up. Right. So um, we've been married 29 years now. And uh, I don't have a lot to do with the military anymore, but I, I believe in service. Mm -hmm. And so for the last 10 years or so, I've been acting as the chaplain down at the Family Justice Center, which deals with domestic violence. And then one afternoon a week, I also go to court and stand with the victims because they don't have a lawyer or anybody with them. So I stand next to them to give them the moral support that they might need. Wow, how valuable. That is incredibly valuable, isn't it? The, you know, it's not your happiest day of the week, but it's your most rewarding. Mm, yeah. Well, what what? why did you decide to do that? What was What was your motivation for... Well, I had a friend who was doing it, and, you know... You got that friend that whatever she's doing, you're doing, mm -hmm. and vice versa. And we had both worked together for 30 years for the Archdiocese of Seattle in parish ministry. And I retired, and I said, I'm bored. And she said, well, I've got the thing for you. And I said, well, I'll give it 90 days. And it was 10 years 10 now. 10 years now, yeah. So what would you say are the, the major issues that uh, are that domestic violence uh, is a reason for domestic violence? Is it alcohol? It's is it drugs? Alcohol is it... and drugs fuel it. It's a learned behavior. And basically, the abuser was abused. Mm -hmm. And women marry abusers because they think it's okay. Their mother was abused or their aunt was abused. I tell my clients, I can't tell you to get a divorce. I can't tell you to stay. But if you stay... 
You're teaching your daughter that it's okay to be abused. You're teaching your son it's okay to abuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But most of the people, it's it's a learned behavior, and it's fueled by drugs and alcohol. It's a power thing. And what's really sad is you see the military wives coming in, and they'll say to me, well, he was just fine until his third duty, mm-hmm. third tour of duty over there, and he comes back, and he can't keep it together. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a change in the mindset of the military as far as domestic violence? Well, I've talked with my daughter about it, and she said yes, and she said, but the serviceman has to go ask for the help. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to do that, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're going to get in trouble. Right. Yeah. But it is interesting to see how this is um, is much more open probably than what it used to be as far as all of domestic violence oh, and yeah. the fact that people are taking, like yourself, are taking an active role to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was something that nobody ever talked about. You know, mm-hmm. my mother would whisper, like, I think he's beating her or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But you just never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, verbal abuse isn't just physical. It's mental, financial, social. It's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, emotional. And it's emotional. Yeah. And, and it affects not only the spouse, but the children everybody, and everybody else. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, what a what a great thing to do. I mean, you're investing into the lives of others, you know, mm-hmm. on the military, you know, with military families and helping them. And, um, you know, that, that's got to be very, like you said, very rewarding. It is but rewarding. yet, <laughs> probably some days you come home and... Come home and say, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's not yeah. the most fun thing in the world to do. Well, tell me about your move here to Patriot's Landing. Well, we've lived in the north end of Tacoma for 25 years, and we'd been talking about, well, we should begin to downsize. And then I fell two years ago, and the kids started to make noises, and hmm. I was doing the stairs on my rear end, and hmm. we thought, well, we'd better move while we can make the choice. And so we looked at several other places, but we looked here, and we liked this the best. And so we moved here, and we are very happy here. Um, we like the, the ease of life and yet there's plenty to do to keep us busy and we've made friends and, uh, it's, it's a great place. Hmm. Well, uh, Elizabeth Osborne, uh, first class E6, uh, uh, yeoman uh, with the U S Navy. I want to thank you for joining me today on answers welcome. for elders and thank you for your service. Thank you. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.